everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Young Bucks, our podcast here on the DK Sports Radio Podcast Network about the Pittsburgh Pirates farm system. I am your host, Noah Hiles, and joining me, as always, anytime I'm behind a microphone talking Pirates baseball, it seems, is the guy to my right on the screen and to, on top of my heart, Alex Stum. Alex, how are you? I'm doing a lot better now that I heard that, Noah. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Alex, a lot of prospect talk will be had in this upcoming season, or I should say upcoming seasons for the Pittsburgh Pirates when a team's in the midst of a rebuild, when the team has the first overall pick, when the team has a new general manager, a new front office. You're going to be talking a lot about prospects, and that's where this organization finds itself right now. They added... 10, if not 11, depending on what your definition of a prospect is, this offseason, and I think the way we should start the show off in the first ever episode is let's just go through and rank them. The Pirates made three trades, traded three cornerstones of the current franchise this offseason, two starting pitchers, Jamison Tyone and Joe Musgrove, and of course, all-star first baseman Josh Bell as well. And they acquired 11 players. I want to go through 1 through 11. Let's rank them in order from highest to lowest as to what level Oh, that's of impact. not fun. What do we, you mean? We should go the other way. We should build some suspense. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Up. We're going to start at 11 and go all the way down. Oh, okay, so okay. Lowest to highest. Uh, and the amount of impact they're going to have on this organization. Does that sound good with you? That sounds good. Any other qualms, complaints? Oh, I've got plenty, but I'll save them for after the show. You sure do. All right. So we're going to start off at number 11. I'll let you go first. Yeah, number 11. (laughs) Wow. Yep. Okay. Uh, Number 11 for me is right-hander Drake Fellows, who came over in the Musgrove trade. And it's really just one thing for me. This guy has not pitched a professional game. Yeah. I mean, the pedigree isn't bad. I mean, he, he was picked in the sixth round, the 2019 draft. And the reason why he didn't pitch it that year is because, you know, he was the Friday night starter for Vanderbilt, a really good program. And, you know, they figured he had enough tax on his arm for that year. So they just called it quits right there. Uh, Until he pitches in a professional game, I can't rank him any higher than 11th on this list. Looking at his mechanics, it's a nice, smooth motion, probably a little too much pressure on that oboe, maybe a future reliever, in my opinion. Uh, I I don't have fellows at 11. Uh, I have them pretty close to 11, though. Um, my number 11 is uh, David Bednar, the whippy old guy. Mars, former Mars, is it planet? Are they the comets? Planets? They're planets, right? They're the planets. Yeah, former Mars I've planet. Writing about it. Uh, and he's probably going to be a borderline major league guy this year. If he doesn't make the opening day roster, we will probably see him pitch at PNC Park this year. And Robbie Ispakowski will be sitting with his family in the stands and they'll have the custom jerseys and they'll they're gonna have the the picture of him playing at Mars, you know, come across the screen. It's gonna be great. But that's all that's gonna be with this guy. I mean I hope I'm wrong. I hope he ends up being a really good player for the Pirates, but this was just someone that they tagged along in this deal. Um, someone to fill roster space on a really bad team. I don't expect him to contribute much either as a starter or a reliever. Um, so yeah, that's why I put him at number eleven on my list. Any I'm going to save the back and forth for whenever I have him. I have him a couple spots higher up. All I right. Have, so so to go on your guy as we move down to number ten, that's where I have Drake Fellows. Uh, my two notes: uh, one serious, one joking. I'll start with a joke. I wonder if he's related to Brian Fellows. Uh, host of a very popular animal show. If you're an SNL uh, fan, you would get that reference. Tracy Morgan, <laughs> uh, great skit. Wow. No, but in all seriousness, 
Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm Brian Fellows. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, uh, Drake Fellows, I put him just ahead of David Bender because I looked at this list as guys who have a potential to contributing to the Pirates. And, I mean, he wasn't a super late pick. And I know he hasn't pitched in a professional game, but I'll be honest. I'm judging him off the college he went to. He was in the same rotation as Kumar Rocker. So I'm willing to give him a shot. So, yeah, that's that's my number 10 guy. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I think he does have some potential as a reliever. I just don't see him starting considering all the young pitching that the Pirates have at that point in the farm system. Uh, 10 for me is Will Crow. And I I just did the rankings of the not rankings, but just breaking down, you know, the starting pitching, you know, prospects for this year. Um, Crow is a guy that I think I can't remember my exact terminology, but it was like, if you look at each individual part, there's a lot of stuff to like, but it just doesn't come together. A lot of the stuff doesn't complement, you know, the, the breaking stuff doesn't complement the fastball. The fastball is, you know, that mind blowing a pitch by itself. Here's a guy that he's probably going to have to, figure some stuff out if he's going to stick as a back end of the rotation starter he'll get a chance this year that's if there's one good thing about you know having a team like the 2021 pirates are going to be is you could give these fringe guys who have you know a, a potentially higher ceiling a platform a chance an opportunity and he'll get that this year but if he doesn't you know prove something fast he's just going to be passed along pretty fast who's your number nine Number nine for me is Omar Cruz, the uh, left-hander, wow. the only okay. left-hander that the Pirates ended up getting in the Joe Musgrove trade. Uh, low 90s fastball, the breaking pitch could end up being something in the future, but the curveball loops, that's nice. I don't think this guy really is that exciting of a prospect, though. He just seems like a kind of by-the-numbers lefty for a minor league franchise. Maybe he can find something out as a reliever. He's not going to stick as a starter, considering you know who, this wave of pitching that's going to come through it, with Quinn Priester and presumably Kumar Rocker and Majinsi and Malone. He's just not one of those guys. It's just a completely different stratosphere. All right, we're way different on him. Uh, but my number nine... Uh, is is Will Crow. Uh, that's who I have at number nine. Uh, he is a replacement-level roster filler. Will Crow, to me, I'm going to go Colin Cowherd on you real quick. Will Crow is just, he's he's bush light. You know, he's just something you get to get through the day. You know, he, you're not you're not getting Will Crow if you have guests coming over for, for a night out, or you're not getting Will Crow if you're at the bar trying to impress a girl. You get Will Crow when you're by yourself watching basketball on a Tuesday night. He is someone who's going to fill the five, the fifth spot in this starting rotation. He's probably going to go eight and thirteen with an ERA around five, and he won't be in the major leagues by the time the Pirates' good pitching prospects will be in the major leagues. He's just someone to just trot out there and fill the spot, and that's okay because, like you said. What do the Pirates have to lose right now? Put him out there, and if he's good, good. Then they got another guy that they thought, you know, that they didn't think was going to be good who actually turned out to be a productive player. And if he is bad, then they really lose nothing from it. We're going to take a quick break. We just got through our 11, 10, and 9 spots. We're going to get through the middle of this ranking system when we get back. Welcome back, everybody, to 
Young Bucks, Noah Hiles, Alex Stumpf here talking Pirates prospects looking through the 11 players acquired this offseason through three major trades. Um, Alex and I have gone through, we're going uh, worst to first, I guess you could say, in our ranking system. My 11 through 9 are David Bender, Drake Fellows, and Will Crow. Alex's were Drake Fellows. Will Crow and Omar Cruz. And so now we are at number eight. And my number eight, uh, as it's my turn, I'm going to go with Andy Rodriguez, the catcher slash outfielder the Pirates acquired from the New York Mets as a part of the Joe Musgrove deal. I think people really liked Andy Rodriguez because of one of the positions that I just mentioned that he can play is catcher. He is the only catcher out of the Pirates' top 30 ranked prospects right now, and he probably will be when the MLB Pipeline releases their top 30 for 2021, which has yet to come out. Uh, aside from that, I don't know what else he gets. He's an average prospect. He's above average because he's a top 30 guy. But there's nothing really amazing about him, and I think that he probably won't be the starting catcher on the Pirates' next postseason team. Alex, am I crazy to think that? Well, I mean, let's just be blunt here. Rodriguez is the only person on the roster in the minor league farm system that resembles a catching prospect. Yes. Like, you said he'll be the only one who's a top 30. You could make a top 50, top 60. No one else is going to be a catcher Mm -hmm. in that group. And it's actually kind of surprising because I do not believe the Pirates traded based off of need in the farm system because that'd be incredibly stupid. But if you look at that three-team deal, they basically traded LaChessie, who is not a very exciting guy, but he looks like a Stephen Brault type of lefty. Yeah, someone they probably could have got something for. Yeah, they could have got something better uh, than Rodriguez, in my opinion, if they kept LaChessie and put him in the starting rotation and then traded him in July. That's my opinion. I have Rodriguez a little higher up. Okay, Who's your number, number eight? Number eight for me is uh, Bednar. Okay. A, a little higher up. And, you know, I, I really like the splitter. I'm sorry. It's such a different look for this bullpen. It's something unique that he can offer this bullpen that I can't really say about someone like Omar Cruz or or Drake Fellows or Will Crow right now. Like this, I don't think he's going to be, you know, this all-star pitcher. He's not going to be Kirby Yates, who, you know, he spent a lot of time talking to, and he's ripping off Kirby Yates' pitch, you know, and, and that type of deal. He's not going to be that, but I, I think this guy could legitimately be a bit of a bright spot on what would be a kind of bad Pirates team in the same way that, kind like, of- Jeff Hartleib and, and, uh, Sam Howard were, and yes, no, on a bad Pirates team, not a kind yes. of bad Pirates team, just yeah. a bad Pirates team. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, all right, you're up again. Go ahead. Give me number seven and six for you. Seven is, oh, we're going, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven for me is Ronze Contreras, the, the other right-hander that they got in the Jamison Tyon trade. And for six for me is Kanan Smith, uh, Najiba. I hope I am pronouncing that right. I got the note in an email, you know, shortly before recording that. Uh, he likes to have the second uh, surname added to there. I uh, hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Kanan is, you know, a, a good young hitter. Whenever he's actually been able to be on a field, this kid's been good. Like, good, good raw power. And looking at him last year, lowering the hands, that was my main concern whenever I'm, I'm – first looking at this guy you know because you do a crash course whenever i, I write those prospect recaps it's like oh, the ground ball rate's kind of high but you look you know the hands dropped fly balls started coming through this is a type of kid that you want out of a hitter he 
has good feel for what the strike zone is. And whenever he makes contact, it's hit hard. He can okay. hit Alex. <laughs> Where's David whenever you need him? Yeah. That's, those are two very good qualities for a hitter. And yeah, he'll whiff. He'll whiff on a couple, but he's going to swing and miss on pitches that you're supposed to swing at. I will take that out of a prospect. I will continue to develop that if I'm the Pirates right now. As for Contreras, this guy was the number one prospect out of the Dominican in uh, 2016. He was supposed to be, you know, this real big deal. Now he kind of looks like, you know, back end of the rotation starter, someone who I, to theorize, I think he'd probably do better as a multi-inning reliever, you know, just follow that role. But the only real risk with this kid is that he is on the 40-man roster already. They're going to burn an option year for him this year and, and maybe possibly a second one in 2022 before he reaches the major leagues, but a very smooth motion. The fastball is tracking up. He seemed to take a step with his breaking and off-speed pitches in 2019. Got to be a little concerned, though, that he wasn't part of the ultimate alternate trading site this year. And I know it's the Yankees that they don't put single-A players there, but you got to be concerned with that. Okay. So uh, for my seven and six, I also had Smith Najiba at number seven. Um, I agree with everything you said. I, I like – I mean – I forget where he was, but he they said he was one of the best natural hitters in the Yankees farm system. I forget what site said he that. was the and best baseball America had him for like the best hit for average. Yes. And, and the best field for the strike zone. Yes. And I mean, he, he looks like an athletic guy who's a fourth round pick. Um, and I read an article written by it was a newspaper in New Jersey about when he was in high school saying he had Barry Bonds treatment. And I get that when you're in high school, it's a different thing and depends where you played or whatever. But like teams would like walk him with the bases loaded and stuff. So <laughs> that's kind of cool. I find that interesting. Yeah, he's my number seven. Um, and then my number six is another person in the Musgrove trade. I'm going to go with Cannot, or um, excuse me, not, I just said Cannot Cannon. Uh, I'm going to go with McCole Escado, the shortstop. Um, I have, I know, Alex, you Escado probably really high on trade. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. From the Yankees, excuse me. Uh, they were part of the okay. same deal. Uh, but Escado, yeah, uh, 18 years old, shortstop. That's a guy who, who knows? I mean, the Pirates have a lot of good young shortstops in their farm system. They're going to have to start moving these guys around. Odell Cruz probably going to go to the outfield. Um, Nick Gonzalez probably going to go to second base. This guy, who knows? He's 18. He could move to the outfield. They, they might need a middle infielder. They might need him at third. Who knows? Um, but the thing that stood out for me in the scouting report was his power. They said he had some of the best raw power in the Yankees farm system. And say what you want about the Yankees and how they spend money or whatever, but they've developed and acquired a lot of young talent and brought it up through their system. And uh, when when you're saying this guy has some good raw power, I'm all in on that, but he's still super young. That's why I have him at number six. Alex, let's give our number fives, and then we're going to take a break. You can go first. Okay, five is uh, Andy Rodriguez. And, okay. you know, I, I got similar texts after the Musgrove trade and the Tyon trade about how, like, hey, the organization really, really like we, – we really like this guy. And mm -hmm. and one of them was on Rodriguez. And, you know, we could say about Lachesi, it's a kind of surprising move for me, but, you know – if they really like this guy, they really like this guy. Watching his swing, the head doesn't move. It is it is a very good mechanical from at least the upper half, you know, approach that he has to the plate right now. Uh, ben Charrington says he will develop as a catcher in the system. He could play a little outfield. He could play a little first base, but that's important because, like we said, there's no one even close to resembling. And Christian Kelly is not a legitimate major leaguer going forward. Like let's let's just be real on that. 
assessment right there. I, I don't think this guy's ever going to be, you know, this great hitter, but I kind of view him with the way the parts do pitch framing in the minor leagues right now. I, this is very high praise and this, I, I should stress, this is a ceiling. This doesn't mean this is what I expect, but I see a lot of Francisco Cervelli switch hitting Francisco Cervelli at this type of deal where this guy will run into about 10 home runs in a year, get on base though, provide good defense. And then every foul ball ever just hits him in a place Aww, where he doesn't why would have you padding. Put that on a kid. <laughs> That's Amore. All right, we're gonna take another quick break. When we return, you Alex don't have and your... I. Oh, <laughs> I got to give out my fifth one. Sorry, you know. Speaking yeah, of Cervelli, on. I must have you know. Never mind. Uh, anyway, uh, my number five prospect that they are uh, acquired this off season. I'm gonna go with um, Contreras, the the night or the 22 year old uh, right hander from the Yankees in the Tyone deal. Um, the thing that turned me off on him, I read in his scouting report, he's a fly ball pitcher. Not necessarily what you want in this day and age of baseball. However, Alex, you talked about how there's a couple of guys that they acquired here who are quote unquote back end starters. And while for some that's off putting to me, that's encouraging for this. In in this sense, the pirates have a pretty good idea of what their starting rotation is going to look like in 2023, 2024, when all of these guys get called up all these first round picks, some of them are going to be first overall picks. That means all of these guys who in normal Pirates years would have been starting pitchers are going to start getting developed in double A AA and triple A as these middle inning, late inning relief pitchers. And I think there's a chance that one of them could be a Josh Hader type or an Andrew Miller type. And I know those are lefties and there's another lefty that I'm going to mention a little higher on this list for that reason. But if you go through their scouting reports, both of them, the two that I'm putting in this category have two good pitches, which is all you need when you're a reliever. And if you have that starting pitcher stuff, but as a back end guy, you move into that middle relief, maybe light relief role. You can put a little bit more oomph on the ball and that makes you valuable and later in the ball game. So that's why I have uh, Contreras as my number five prospect. Now we're going to get into our second and final break. When we return, Alex and I are going to give our final four, the top four prospects acquired this off season by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Third and final segment of the show, Alex and I have gone through our list. We've given seven. We have four more to go. Alex, I'm not going to run my mouth anymore. Just get us started. Who's your number four and why? Uh, for me, it's Eddie Eade, the the headliner from the Josh Bell trade. That's at uh, four. That's at four for me. Wow. Whenever okay. Noah and I were talking, he said he he didn't have you know any trouble coming up with the top three. He was top, it was the fourth one that he had some struggle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could assume it was the three headliners in those deals, your top three. Yes. Ye- I, I, I'll be honest here. It's a little bit of the fellows thing where I just haven't seen a lot of this kid yet to be like, okay, this guy's really good. But, you know, you hear the reports. Here's a guy who, 19, he's put on a lot of weight. He's getting stronger. He's doing what you would like to see a 19-year-old pitcher do. He might be a fast riser in this organization, you know, coming up soon. I mean, he was a he was one of the very few bright spots in a pretty horrible, 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 horrible Nationals uh, farm system. I, I I just want to see how, you know, he goes. I just want to see how he performs in the Pirates farm system first before I, you know, dub him top three. Interesting. 
that you have them at four, and now I know who your third is, and that's also interesting. But um, my number four, and like I said, I th- I thought one through three stood out pretty easily here. Uh, but and then four and five, you could be intertra- interchangeable because they're going to be in a similar role. But for that role, I think Omar Cruz is a better fit, and I think you would agree with that. That if Omar Cruz could become that that I don't want to call him a loogie. I don't see him being just an Oliver Perez come in, face a couple guys, and get taken out of the ball game. But even if he was that, you know, there are no left-handed arms in this farm system. So I yep. think that adds some value in there alone. But it's nice to have a lefty. He's 22 years old, and I think they can develop him with the understanding. And they're going to say we're going to make him a back-end starter. They can say that. But when they look around and see the talent that they have coming up as starting pitching, they would be dumb not to take this guy on in double A AA and triple A and say, we're going to make you a dominant left-handed arm that we can use in the seventh and eighth inning. Or, you know, when we need key outs and late, late in the ball games. And that's why I have Cruz as my number four guy. Moving on to number three. I, I have I, a guy- just one quick, quick note for Cruz for me, because I had him a lot lower. If he could find some more velocity. He'd yeah, be well, I don't there. see. And that's the thing where, the breaking stuff is his best stuff. I think that makes him better as a reliever, no? Because now he's I mean, going to be able to find velocity look, but he, knowing he's only going to see him at 91, though. I need to see him at 94, 95 before I think I think like, that that will come up if he knows he's not going five innings. I, I, I see a tick or two. We're talking like three or four here. All right. Well, you know, we can talk about ticks all day, but we're moving on. Okay. Uh, Eddie Yeen is my number three. Um, 19 years old, but I think just tons of raw talent. It's really, this is a theme for the pirates. It's tons of youth, raw talent, balls in your court, make him a great player. And that's why Eddie Yeen's number three, uh, as opposed to the two guys I have ahead of him, who I think will end up being uh, more surefire prospects. I don't really need to add anything, Alex. You, you hit on him pretty well. Uh, give me your number three and number two. My number three was the other guy that I got a text message of the day that the trade happened and, and that is uh that is Michael Oscato. Like yes. here's a kid who yeah, like you said, 18, 18 year olds aren't supposed to have this type of power. 18 year olds aren't supposed to be potentially in the middle infield. I don't know if he's gonna stick at second base or shortstop, I'm sorry, shortstop going forward. He has the arm for third. He could translate well to second base. I feel like both of those are viable options for him. Good raw power. I, I like the swing the more that I watch it, oh, yeah. like whenever I, whenever I, that's one of the curses of coming up with like those, you know, day of trade analysis. It's like, there's a lot of stuff like, okay, what am I hearing about this guy? Text a guy, you know, here's some what, video. What, what hours of YouTube footage is Noah breaking down while I'm doing yes. this thing called? Yes. <laughs> there would have been a lot of help for that guys. Yeah. Like, I, I, I threw some love to you in the comments yeah. section, but oh, did, a lot of, did a lot of work for that. But yeah, the more I watch this way, the more it's like, you know, I, I kind of like it. Assuming that it is the, the longer stride swing that I saw, the more open stance. Uh, and so we have it, the top two. Who's your number top two? Top two are the same. We may as well just say about the same time. Uh, for two, it is Miguel Yahure. Yeah. Yahure, is that how you say it? Yes. Yahure. Okay. okay. And and for one, it's for it's Hudson Head. Mm-hmm. Head and is it, a legitimate first round far, pick from a couple years ago. Hey, <laughs> he's, he's, he's head and shoulders above the rest. There we go. I don't want to do this podcast no more. All right, keep going. Talk about your hurry, and we'll talk about Hudson Head. All right, I'm going to start with Head, though, because this guy was, besides every, besides actually being picked in the first round, he was a first-round draft pick. He was given first-round money. Uh, raw player, 
He still needs to work on his mechanics, but man, he hits the ball hard. He can run. He can play center field. There's a lot of things. If he could catch up to velocity, that's going to be the only real concern I see with this guy going forward. If he could catch up to velocity and smooth out those mechanics, I see something in this guy. I see George Springer light type of deal. Like I, I am high on this guy right now. Yeah. I think he's the better headliner out of these all he's the best prospect he's the best headliner all these i'd like to tie on trade more but this guy is the best prospect to come out of all these and as for your if i could if i could interject real quick um i think head you've mentioned center fielder i think he's a better with his athleticism playing at pnc park i think he is the left fielder they'll find like a center fielder somewhere else but like with the north side notch i'd like to see him kind of in that Marte role where he's the best overall outfielder but maybe that belongs in center field in this ballpark and, you know, uh, and Marte probably should have been playing center field when there was another guy playing there at certain parts, but nonetheless, it still worked out pretty well with him. Um, and then also there was another point of, Oh, head. I had notes next to two guys. I think out of the 11 names we named, there are two guys who I think will find their way who are, are almost a guarantee if things play out the way I expect them to, um, to find their way on the top 100 list at some point in time. And that's, uh, Yeen and head. Uh, and I think Head will be um, on the 2021 midseason when they adjust it midseason after he gets a chance to play in the minors some this year and people see what he can do uh, and how he's developed after having a year off. Hudson Head will be a top 100 prospect in Major League Baseball by the end of 2021. He's damn close to one, you know, in San Diego. Yes. You know, I mean, so, he was eighth overall in the top seven were. So he and when you're number off. six in the Padres system eight, yeah or number eight in the padre system in the top seven run the top 100 <laughs> yeah you're pretty damn good so yes. we'll close this out by going through our number two and i'll let you start alex a guy who we're gonna see play baseball at the major league level this year yeah like in my rotation breakdown i pretty much said like i'm expecting your hurry to have yeah, a rotation spot absolutely because there's a lot to like about this guy. Mm-hmm. Very smooth motion, takes care of the arm. You're talking to Vic Black, you know, this offseason, you know, in that Max Cranick article, I it was kind of spooky seeing every part of his mechanics follow exactly what Vic Black and I talked about back in December. Like, man, this is just a very simple motion that's going to take care of his arm. The fastball, he likes to play it up in the zone. The cutter's a really good pitch. Like, that's going to run away on right-handers. Uh, the changeup is still developing, but could be a plus pitch. Right now, it's a it's a reliable, probably major league average type pitch, and I think that's what makes him different than a lot of other pitchers. The other pitchers that we have here, where they're like a couple guys, like okay, they've got two or three major league quality pitchers. Here's a guy who has a chance for four. So if something's not working during the game, he could just abandon it and he could still get outs. Yeah, I almost what makes wish him a middle that, of the rotation potential starter for me. Yeah, I almost wish that he wasn't major league ready. You know, because it's like, man, like we're this guy is going to be good on bad teams. You know, but but I mean, that's that's not a bad problem, I guess. I think he's going to be good. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's going to be like Mitch Keller. I'm not going to put him in that sentence or whatever for that type of ceiling. But I think that he will be a player that fans will be like, oh, he he will be the immediate fan favorite out of all the players acquired through this deal, aside from the guy who played in Mars because people are just, you know, Yenzers love Yenzers. Alex, any final remarks as we wrap things up? 
I really hope that there are fans in the stands so we can see the the Robbie interview with the rest of the Bendar family. Oh, that's happening regardless. They'll do it on the Clemente Bridge. I mean, they had Robbie on. Hey, they might. It'll be soon. Skyscrapers in. last offseason. They're going to find a way. <laughs> Alex, it's always fun. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, talking more baseball. We're going to have a lot more for you as the season continues to approach. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you.